Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Jump the Gate podcast. I am your host, Michael Allen. Let's get it cracking. So your boy is rocking solo today. No Zoffy 305. He is out and he will rejoin us at a later date. So you got me today, folks. Let's get it cracking. So a lot has happened in the sports world since our last episode, man. A lot's going on, even though there's no football going on right now. A lot's happened in the sports world. We're in the middle of the NBA Finals. We got all-star festivities going on with baseball. We got the Olympics coming up. And a lot of talk about that. So we got to talk about college football Heart players so making deep, money. Shout out, well, not even just college football players, but all college athletes are able to make some money now. So first thing I want to touch on is uh, our girl, Sha'Carri Richardson. As in case you haven't heard, she is... The fastest American woman we have right now. She's the 100 meter sprinter. And she was all set to compete in her first Olympics after running uh, what was a record hey, time hey. this year. She's a runner, she's a track but star. She, she gonna run away when it gets hard. Up, she can't take the pain, she can't get scarred. She hurt anyone that gets involved. Don't wanna commit by taking this ball. Now, it's not guaranteed that she was going to win, but she had she was going to put up a good fight against the, the team of Jamaican sprinters, notably our girl Shelly and Frazier Price. Ooh, I take, y'all bear with me. It took me, a, took me a while to get that right. I wanted to put some respect on her name. But yeah, so there's been a lot of talk about Shakira, a lot of opinions on whether or not she should be allowed to run or not because people feel like, oh, it's just weed and weed is legal and in so many states and things of that nature. So there's been a lot of debate on that. And Shakari herself is, has been a topic of much discussion. I mean, everybody's weighed in seemingly on, on whether she should run on everybody from Patrick Mahomes, Gabrielle Union. I even saw Joe Biden uh, drop a quote uh, about Shakari herself. So there's a lot of talk about it, but here's my, here's my take on it. She messed up, man. She messed up. And she's got to learn from it. That's, that's as simple as that. She made a mistake. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of her career. She didn't kill anybody. She didn't ruin anybody's life. She made a mistake in what seemed like was a difficult circumstance from her. Now, it's unfortunate that she won't be able to run. And I think we all want to see her run and see how she does against the best of the best. But this is something she can take from it and learn from it. And one of the biggest thing I took from it, she's not hurting from this. Like, if anything, this has helped her profile and helped her visibility. Uh, my guy, Emmanuel Acho, he's an analyst for Fox Sports. He pointed this out, that her social media following has gone through the roof since the news came out about her positive test. I think she had somewhere along the lines of maybe 70,000 followers on Twitter. Now she's well above 100,000, probably closer to half a million followers. And I'm sure the same is true on her Instagram page. Literally, the whole country knows her name by now, As whereas before she was a big name in, 
in the track and field community. Now she is a national household name and she hasn't even won an Olympic medal yet. Or you compare that to someone like Allison Felix, who has a gang of medals, just literally about a dozen medals, had a baby, came back and is still running at an elite level. You have other people. Uh, I mentioned the other one, Shelly Ann Fraser Price, even though she's Jamaican, had a baby, came back and is still running at an elite level. There's still other runners that deserve just as much attention as Shakari has, but haven't really gotten that attention. Now, I know why she carries the hot young thing. She's cool. She got the colored hair. She got the drip. They got the swag, all that good stuff. And we want to see excellence at all times. But this is something she can learn from. She's only 21 years old. Let's not lose sight of that. She's only 21 years old. Plenty of time to get better. Plenty of time to learn and grow and things of that nature. And I hope she does. I hope she learns from it and comes out better than before and improves upon that time. Because truth be told, she's going to have a tough time winning against those Jamaicans anyway. Those uh, Shelly Ann Frazier Price is the literally the second fastest woman ever. That's right. Her, her fastest time of 10.63 100 meters is only second to our girl Flojo, Florence Griffith Joyner, who ran that 10.49 some 20, 25 years ago. So she was going to have her, her work cut out for her trying to win that gold against the Jamaicans. Uh, like I said, I'm not a hater around here, not one to hate or bring nobody down, but, but I do wish her the best. I hope she overcomes the loss in her family, and I hope she continues to get better as a track and field athlete. So that's that. She gonna do the race, just not this one. Let's switch it up a little bit. I want to go back down to the college ranks since we were talking about money and profiles and everything like that. So the big news in the college ranks, the big word, the big phrase that you're going to be hearing a lot is NIL, name, image, and likeness. So in case you missed it, the NCA was got taken to court uh, for denying athletes the ability to make money while they're still college athletes, which is, in my opinion, the most un-American policy, un-American thing you can do. But the courts agreed with me. So now... Guess what? That's right. The college athletes can get paid. That legislation went into effect, I believe it was July 1st. And these guys wasted no time getting to the bread. I'm telling you, no time at all. Literally, on the day it was announced, several athletes announced sponsorship deals with various companies. You even had teams lining up deals for entire for their entire roster. And of course, it had to be the U. Shout out to the U setting up a sponsorship deal for the entire roster with an MMA training gym down there in South Florida. Basically, each player will get about five hundred dollars a month. Now, to us working folks, five hundred dollars don't seem like much. When you're a college kid, 18, 19 years old, five hundred dollars can go a long way. So it's putting food in your stomach, uh, sending a little bit back home to my dukes and whatever it may be. So I'm extremely excited to see how these players take it, uh, take it and run with it and, and maximize off the new rule change. So I'm also excited to see who's going to make the most bread. Um, we see uh, Miami's quarterback, Eric King. He's already got a couple big sponsorship deals. I know he's got at least a 20 K's uh, sponsorship deal with one marketing company. You got various uh, athletes across the board, even 
even though women's college athletes, women's basketball players, they're set to capitalize in in various markets where women's college basketball is a thing. But it's really, I think we're going to see the most gains for the the uh, football athletes because they play the sport that brings in the most money. So I, I'm excited to see how much money these guys can bring in. And I'm also, I will, this is obviously a speculative thing, but man, what would it have been like if guys that played in the past could have capitalized off this money? What do you mean, Mike? Well, think about it. Think if Tim Tebow would have been in college when they they granted these dudes the ability to make money off their own name. Tim Tebow probably would have been a millionaire by the time he left the University of Florida. Think about it. His jersey is still a top draw, and this man hasn't played a football game in almost a decade. He was an absolute legend at the University of Florida. Literally anywhere he goes in Florida on a sports field, people people know his name people know who he is so imagine what he would have made in college as a as a heisman trophy winner as a national champion star quarterback of the florida gators and one of the best college athletes in history no doubt he would have been a millionaire or at the very least close to it another guy i think of reggie bush dude was one of the most electrifying college players ever another guy i feel like could have made millions or close to it being in that los angeles southern california market usc games being on national tv almost every week playing on a star-studded team and doing the things he was doing another guy could have made some serious bank and another throwback player i would have loved to see uh, how they would have done under this rule. It's my guy, Dion Primetime Sanders. That's right. For y'all young kids may not know him. Look him up. Dion was the man in, <laughs> coming up. But he didn't get that name Primetime for no reason. He was the guy that knew how to play the marketing game. He, he's flashy. He could ball. And he could back up his trash talk. And one thing Dion knows how to do is market himself. So you can imagine a guy like him, how he would have done saying, uh, with the company come to him, hey, can you market this, man? Can you sell this? Of course, Dion can sell. That's Dion Sanders, man. But there's a, a litany of guys I can go down the list and, and and use as examples to see how much bread they could bring in. But I won't. I won't do that to you. So I will say though, I'm excited for these college athletes, man, and I'm excited for the guys coming in because it's only gonna expand the horizons from here. Now, one thing I, I do want you guys to take note of, the money these guys are getting is not coming from the school. These are coming from advertisers. This is outside money. So even though the the courts rule that the kids can make money, the schools are still not paying these players, which is to me is, is, is one thing to look out for. All these big time, big money schools in the SEC, Big Ten, Pac, uh, Pac-12, or how many ever teams they got now. They're still not paying these guys. So they're keeping all that money. They make all that bowl game money, all that NCAA tournament money that stays with the schools. The players still don't get to touch that. Basically saying, listen, all right, we'll let y'all make money, but y'all ain't finna make our money. So keep in mind, keep that in mind going forward. I think that's still a, a, a fight that players may, may, may want to pursue at a later date. But for now, I think they'll be happy with the opportunity to go out and make a little bread and, and take it from there. So here we are, y'all. It's the NBA Finals. 
Although we love the finals, it's also the sad realization that the NBA season is about to come to a close. And at best, we have four more games left. The Phoenix Suns are up on the Bucks two games to one. And quite frankly, man, I know a lot of people were skeptical about this series because it wasn't one of the big market teams like Brooklyn, LA, and all that. But for me, this has been a breath of fresh air to see two new teams competing. It's, I'm glad to see my boy Chris Paul out there doing well, doing his thing, got the Suns playing some good ball. I'm excited to see if Giannis can bring his team back into it and get that championship that will add to his resume as one of the greatest of all time. So for me, this has been a breath of fresh air. After all those years of Cleveland Golden State, four straight years to be exact, all these years of LeBron making it to the finals with the Heat, Cavs, Lakers, whoever else he decides to play for in the next couple of years. It's good to see two new teams get a chance at the title. Now, obviously, I don't think this is the model that's going to help the NBA get the best ratings long term, because historically, you've seen the Lakers Celtics, you've seen the Bulls. The NBA is a little bit better i think their ratings a little bit better when they have a consistent dynasty that's playing for the title you see it with the bulls you see it with the the early 2000s lakers you see it with the heat there's got to be that team that that people can hate right it was the heat in the early 2010s trust me i remember it's the lakers early 2000s and i don't think people really hated the bulls because everybody loved mike but they but you get it they were that team that everyone was on the lookout for Right now, we don't have that team. These are both new teams, but it's still exciting basketball, man. We're seeing the next wave of superstars kind of assert themselves with the greats, so to speak, well, or, or trying to assert themselves with the greats. My boy Devin Booker, looking like a primetime player, he struggled last game. Shot like 3 or 14. He was terrible last game, as a matter of fact. But I look for him to play a little bit better. Um, Chris Paul. It was okay last game. I look for Phoenix to make some adjustments and kind of play a better game than they did in game three. But you expect them in Milwaukee to come back right. Um, they got smoked in those first two games. You expected them to, to play a little bit better with that quote-unquote home court advantage, which I don't believe in, but I guess people think it's a real thing. So we shall see. Hopefully this is a, a good series. It doesn't end up being a dry one. Hopefully it can go to six or seven games and we we can build build those legends up like we have in the past. But for me, I'm excited about it. And of course, I'll stick with my pick. I'm going with the Suns in six. Got to root for my boy James Jones, GM of the year. Miami boy, shout out of Miami Gardens, American High School. Got to root for the black head coach, Monty Williams, getting his shot first time as a, in, in the finals as a head coach. And got to root for CP3, trying to chase that first ring. His boy LeBron got plenty. His boy D-Wade got plenty. So, this is Chris Paul's time, so I'm going to stick with you, Phoenix Suns. Don't let me down, all right? Bet. All right, y'all, so I want to touch on Major League Baseball a little bit. I know we don't touch on it much here on the show, but I blame baseball. Don't blame me. So we got the All-Star game going on this weekend. And, of course, it's the showcase of the game's biggest players, biggest stars, all that good stuff. And the star of the show has been our, our guy Shohei Otani. If you don't know who he is, he is a Japanese-born player. This is his third season in the league. He's 26 years old and literally one of the coldest players in baseball right now. Dude is the first player 
since like Babe Ruth to be really good at both pitching and hitting the ball. Dude can absolutely get it. He he's one of the league leaders. He has like 32 home runs at the halfway point of of the season and 30 with 32 33 home runs in 80 games or so. He's a starting pitcher for the All-Star game and he's doing things we haven't seen in our lifetime. But the problem is baseball is fumbling that bag, dog. What do you mean, Mike? We ain't seen this dude play. I can't count on. I can't tell you. I've never seen Shohei Otani play. Only the only action I've seen of Shohei Otani is through highlights on ESPN, highlights on Twitter, or him doing something amazing. And this is where Major League Baseball is fumbling the bag. With football, you know who the biggest stars in football, are. and they're visible. They're out front. We all know Tom Brady. We know Russell Wilson. We know the big names in football. You know, they market the quarterbacks. You got Lamar Jackson. You got Patrick Mahomes. We know who the stars are. We know who the guys are, who we want to see. And football does a good job of getting those people in front of us when they got a good product out there. Basketball, same thing. Who are the, who are the faces of basketball? LeBron, KD, Giannis, all these guys. Even the young guys coming up now. We see him. Trey Young, Devin Booker, uh, Donovan Mitchell, all these guys. Baseball? crickets bro crickets i haven't seen one baseball game this year now of course for those of y'all that know me know i played baseball in high school so i have a little bit of interest in the game but there's nothing that makes me want to watch a baseball game nothing there's no player that that you know what let me let me see what this dude gonna do and Shohei Otani would be one of those dudes. That's something I've never seen before. A dude that can dominate both hitting and pitching. But guess what? This dude ain't on my TV, dog. The Angels don't come on my TV. They play on the West Coast, so most of their games gonna be late. And second, baseball don't broadcast. They don't. They don't market their players enough. I'll tell you something. Growing up as a '90s baby, baseball was right up there with football and basketball in terms of like coolness you had dudes you could look up to there was ken griffey jr you had barry bonds doing his thing before even before the steroids hit you had the home run chase with sammy sosa and mark mcguire there were guys you can look to like superstars you can look to and want to watch there was intrigue there was interest in the game nowadays it's i i can't tell you man i like Growing up in Miami, you know, I watched the Marlins. I remember all the Marlins stars. Gary Sheffield, Miguel Cabrera, Dontrell Willis. The, like, nowadays, who like who are the guys out there that need to be marketed? I can tell you who they are because I'll follow the game a little bit. You need to follow guys like Tim Anderson, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, my boy in Atlanta before he got hurt, Ronald, uh, Ronald Acuna. All these guys are dope players, but the league is doing a terrible job of getting these players out there and marketing them. Case in point, Shohei Otani's teammate, Mike Trout, widely considered one of the best players in the game. I can count on one tand the amount of times I've seen Mike Trout play or wanted to see, like had a desire to see Mike Trout play because they don't they don't market their players right. So if anybody from the league ever hears this podcast, y'all. Hire some young folk, get your social media team right, get your get your uh, TV network contracts right, and get your players out there, man. Redevelop some interest in the game because baseball is a dope sport. I know. I played it myself. It's a dope sport, but when you don't market the game in the right way and you have this, this bogus rule about 
them checking the pictures for stuff they're putting on their hands to help with a grip. And that's the headline of your of your season. The other headline being how they moved the All-Star game from Atlanta to Colorado for these the the racist uh voting legislation in Georgia. That's that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing, man. The highlight of your season should be the players. The faces of your league should be the players, not the teams. The Red Sox and the Yankees play each other a million times a year. It's only so much marketing you can do off of that when it's, when teams play each other literally 20 times a year. It's got to be the players, man. It's got to be somebody I want to see. It's got to be somebody that I can connect to. And for, for me, baseball is missing that, man. They need to get back to it. I don't know. They need to switch the commissioner up because he doesn't seem like a popular dude at all. But something needs to be done to re, to re reattract interest in the game because they're definitely not playing in the hood, definitely not playing it in the inner city because everybody wants to be LeBron and Steph Curry. Everybody wants to be Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and those guys. So baseball, man, you got to do something about it. Otherwise, the game is going to keep dwindling. You're going to be right there with golf. Yeah, exactly. Don't nobody want to be right there with golf, especially with no Tiger. So tighten up, MLB. You heard it here first, man. So let's get back to this Olympics talks. Let's go back to, to well, no, let's go back to Tokyo 2021. Let's talk about some Team USA basketball and how these boys got humbled in their first two exhibition games against Nigeria and Australia, bro. Listen, man, we ain't the big brother no more in, in basketball. It's too much talent has come up in these other parts of the world for us to just literally try to roll out the ball and just put our best all-stars out there and expect to win. These boys are coming to play, like literally coming to play. Obviously, the U.S. still has the most talent and the best talent pool, but these dudes are playing together, man. And this Team USA team, they just literally started practicing together less than a week ago. Meanwhile, you got a team like Nigeria with four or five NBA guys, including two guys from the Heat. Shout out to Preston Sachua and Gabe Vincent doing their thing for Team Nigeria. But you can't just roll out the ball and expect the teams, uh, expect Team USA to win anymore. We learned that that lesson in the worst possible way in 2004 when we got humbled with that bronze medal. And it's coming back to rear its head now, man. So uh, thankfully, like Greg Popovich said, thankfully this was just the exhibition masters where they fell. But they they don't got long to tighten up, man. The Olympics is right around the corner here in August. So they gotta get things right. Um specifically what's wrong, they gotta learn how to play team defense, man. And this and in this international play, like this ain't the league, man. You're not getting them superstar treatment. Dudes are gonna come at you, bro. They're not scared of you anymore. This isn't the dream team of ninety two where teams were just happy to be in the same arena as them no these dudes these dudes can ball man and they got a sense of pride about themselves and not only do they have the talent like i mentioned nigeria having five nba players these dudes are ready to play and they have cohesive units man so team usa y'all gotta work on that team defense you gotta work on communicating because it's not just gonna come to you just because you got kd and dame literally and literally a whole all-star team you gotta learn how to play together it's what worked for worked for the team in 2008 and 2012. Not only did we have the talent, but those guys wanted to be there, and they worked at it. You saw it. They had fun out there, but you could tell, man, they were locked down on defense. Nobody got anything easy. And when they got leads, man, they didn't play. They didn't, they didn't 
take it easy on any team out there. So this team, they can't afford to take it easy because any team out there can beat them. They rebounded uh, against Argentina, but I don't know any player on the Argentine team. And like I said, they lost to Australia in that second exhibition and an Australia team that's headlined by, <laughs> it's almost a laugher to say it, but Patty Mills, bro. Patty Mills, the the off the bench, the sixth man from the San Antonio Spurs. He got to be like 35 years old by now. Got to be 35. But that goes to show you, if a team like Australia can beat the United States with their, arguably their biggest player being a bench player for the Spurs, that goes to show you, man, hey, don't sleep on this international competition. And we haven't even ran into Luka yet and his team in Slovenia. No telling how good they are. Even though Luka's the only dude we know about, I'm sure they're dying and probably chomping at the bit to play the United States with Luka. And don't forget the Spaniards. They always gave us trouble. They had the Gasol brothers running it there for a while, and I think they're going to run it back for another year. But, yeah, there's no team out there we can afford to just take lightly anymore and expect them to lay down and roll and play dead while we beat them by 80 points like we did in Nigeria a while back. So I hope those boys tighten up. I expect they will tighten up. but. Uh, low key, I got my fingers crossed hoping they don't get embarrassed when we head over to Japan for these Olympics. So, but check it. That is all I got for y'all today. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you. I hope your week is going well. If it's not, it will get better. But thank you for tuning in, folks. This is the Jump the Gate podcast, and I am your host, Michael Allen. Y'all keep it locked. Make sure you like and subscribe and follow me on IG, Pastor Michael 6. I am out. Thank you.